Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 41, the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I'm John Whitson. We are breaking down the conference championship games, taking a sneak peek at the college football playoff. The bowl games that Oklahoma and Texas have landed on, coincidentally, on the same day. I don't know, some kind of cosmic alignment that that reflects the greatest rivalry in college football, that we would be matched on the same day, hours apart. So it's going to be a nice little show today. Um, It's weird not talking about actual games, but this is what happens when Oklahoma goes 6-6 and and Texas goes 8-4, and but that's okay. Because we're in bowl season, we're in college football playoff season, we're coming up on recruiting, and there's just a lot going on. Kevin, what do you think about this weekend's worth of football? Man, it was fun. It was fun. We, um, I'm sure OU fans are happy, maybe slightly relieved that USC got the brakes beat off of them by Utah. Uh, Utah. Big Twelve was great. It was a great weekend. Utah, forty-seven, USC twenty-four. So much to unpack in this game, whether you're an OU fan or a USC fan, it doesn't really matter. Uh, You contend that Caleb Williams was actually hurt, and I think he was infected with what is known as a loser's limp, which is an affliction that happens when you start to lose. The limp becomes more pronounced in an effort to gain (laughs) sympathy and... (laughs) Uh, understanding for getting your ass kicked because that's what I saw from Utah was a team that rolled USC, especially late in the third quarter, early in the, in the entire fourth quarter. Caleb Williams lost his center middle of the fourth quarter, but even before that, he was getting rocked. Um, it, it was like watching an OU game for me. Talented, talented skill position players, guys running free in the secondary. You got the feeling that if they just kept scoring, it'd be fine. But U.S. or Utah locked them down and then ran them over. Do you agree with me that he had loser's limp? Are you going to try to convince me that Caleb Williams was actually hurt? Well, forget the limp. All of a sudden, he couldn't run the ball anymore. And he looked. Listen, that's 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 why I'm questioning. That's why I think he was really hurt. He was running all over the field, and all of a sudden, he just stopped. And why would he stop if he because unless he Utah, because Utah was no. rocking him because Utah was rocking him. That's why they were rocking him from the hit. pocket. They were rocking him from the pocket, not outside of it. It looked like he was staying in the pocket. Um, I could see if he, you know, tried to run and then they were rocking him, but they were rocking him from the pocket. He looked like he lost his ability to escape. And that's what makes him so dynamic is his ability to escape the Initial pass rush and keep his eyes down the field and make throws on the run. That's what separates him from other quarterbacks. And it just looked like all of a sudden it wasn't there. For some reason. And it was in the second quarter. For some reason, I feel like I always get backed into having to make this conversation about fat people, which I think is unfair. You know what I mean? I really do. However, did he look fat to you? Did he look a little chunky and a little overweight? Oh, like he. You know, he's always kind of had an interesting build. He doesn't have a typical quarterback build. He's is, that just, is that just the USC outfit? Is that just the USC uniform? Like, I just thought he looked fat and slow. 
Maybe so. I mean, he still looked pretty dynamic, at least through the first quarter and a half. Well, something happened. I, I think he legitimately was injured, though. I mean, he just was not moving around anymore. He couldn't move out of the pocket. Look, I'm picking on him. I don't like him, but he's got a great arm. My goodness, some of those throws. He was, and, and he'd, he'd have guys in his face, and he was just slinging it. I just don't like him. We haven't even talked about the fingernails. For those yeah, of y'all, F Utah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, let me. We have a first of all, we have a big contingent of soccer players under the age of twelve that listen to this. So I want to be careful on what I described that was on the soccer players. Uh, me and the girls just got done watching a Christmas story in a in preparation of like this the 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 sequel or whatever's is come out next on HBO Max. And there's the scene in a Christmas story where the young kid is helping his dad change the tire. You remember this scene? You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, this young kid gets asked to go help his dad change the tire. His dad's changing the tire because he had a blowout on the side of the road and he's got the hubcap, right? And his dad is putting the, the lug nuts in the hubcap to hold them, you know, so he can then change the tire and put them back on. So the kid's holding the hubcap full of these lug nuts and his dad kind of knocks it. And the little kid reacts by saying, oh, fudge, right? And he says, only I didn't say fudge. I said the queen mother of all dirty words, the F dash 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 word, right? And then he gets in trouble and he has to put soap in his mouth. It's a great scene. You need to watch it. Anyway. My point being is I say all of that, that all that entire buildup is to say Caleb Williams had the F dash 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 on his fingernails with Utah on the other hand, only it wasn't a dash dash dash. It was the word. He had the word on his fingernails. And I got to tell you, dude, I don't know what the word is to describe that. To me, it's just weird. What a weird thing to put on your fingernails. It is. Yeah, it's trashy. It's classless, but it's just... It's weird. It's Look, why we, you and I talked about this off air, like Oklahoma and Texas have a rivalry. We have a history. There's, there's, you know, uh, OU fan does a, 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 a tuck fexes shirt, right. Where they enter, where they change the letter out for like a tongue, tongue in cheek way of saying it funny. And, and that's typically reserved for the fans. You barely, barely ever, res, you know, hear about that from the players. But even if a player was going to do it, at least there's like real animosity. These players know each other. There's like a rivalry. USC and Utah, that's not a rivalry. You just got beat. And so to put that on your hand is just weird, right? Am I wrong? Am I missing something? No, I've never heard of it. I've never seen it before in any way. I've never seen like a player with a T-shirt that says that or anything. So, yeah, it was pretty bizarre. It's pretty classless from him. And he's such a good player. It's just unnecessary. If, if you're Lincoln Riley, you know it's there. There's no way he doesn't know it's on his hand. Like, don't you don't you go, okay, bro, like, this is probably – like, let's change that to beat Utah. I, yeah, let's change yeah. it to beat Utah. Yeah, exactly. Not even, like, Utah sucks. It's just F Utah. It's, it's very yes. weird, man. Yeah, take that off your nails, man. Just well, If you want to paint your nails, whatever. Paint your nails. Off. I'll tell you what. Take, take, it off, off, man. take it off your nails if you're going to lose. How about that? If you're going to yeah. get beat. You don't need to be wearing that stuff. I guess if you win, it's one thing. I'll tell yeah. you who I'll tell you who loves Caleb Williams. Uh who was calling that game? Was that Brock Heward? Was that Brock? Was it that yeah. was it that Fox? Yeah. It Man, was. Listen, the media loves Caleb Williams, but 
I don't think the rest of college football is particularly enamored with Caleb Williams. I think they think he's kind of a weirdo and kind of a creep. Well, he's got some different tendencies, right? He represents a a different generation, that's for sure. Right? With the whole, what you know, painting your nails. CJ Stroud's the same age as him, and he represents that same generation. He's not a weirdo. B. John Robinson's not a weirdo. No, he's definitely not a weirdo. He's definitely not a weirdo. But, hey, man, look, I've seen a lot of young people painting their nails, a lot of, a lot of young men painting their nails and nowadays. And, again, that's fine, but F Utah, though? Weird. Just What weird. are we doing, man? Okay, so we juxtaposed the USC game, which, by the way, every OU fan was thrilled. Uh, my wife, Alice Young, stayed up late on Twitter. Apparently, she didn't come to bed until, like, 2.30 or 3. She said Twitter was just fantastic. And she's rarely on it, but she was, like, in it. So, um, but let's, let's get real quick. It. Hold on. Okay. Go ahead. I, I, I got a question, man. So sure. what do you think about USC? Like, how do you judge their season? Right. Cause obviously it's a success. Four and eight last year. It's a success. You go 11 and two and you play for a conference title. Do you think um, how, what do you think their future looks like? Well, for, okay. First of all, the season is a success. To go from four to eight to ele- uh, 11 and two. Are they 11, 11 and two. two. Okay. Eight and 11. one in conference. Four and eight to 11 and two. You beat Notre Dame. You beat UCLA. You beat all, you beat everybody that you, that you could have beat except Utah. Um, and then to, to get a New Year's Day six bowl. New Year's six bowl, yeah. That being said, what a crappy bowl. Cotton Bowl against yeah, Tulane. Yeah, Tulane. Yeah, it's not Congratu- Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. But all that to be said, um, that's a successful season. Here's the problem, though. It's a successful season, but you have to take that successful season in context, okay? This is a Lincoln-Riley, Caleb Williams product that the country has seen before, that the college football world has seen this. For five previous years at Oklahoma, they've seen dynamic quarterback play, crappy defensive play, and they've seen six in quotations successful seasons. Okay, yeah. we talked about this when you said, "Well, man, I bet you wish you had Lincoln Riley." No, I don't, because this this is all you get. You get success successful seasons that amount to nothing, that in the end don't lead to anything meaningful except Cotton Bowl appearances against Tulane. So, is it successful? You can't deny that eleven and two is a good season. You can't tell me you and I wouldn't trade 11 and two right now. We absolutely would. That's not the point. The point is it's the same formula he's employed for five years at Oklahoma. It looked like the exact same product. That defense is God awful. They couldn't tackle anybody, anybody, anything after the first quarter, they couldn't tackle. They were getting run over, you know, and, and dude, you can't tell me USC doesn't have dudes. California yeah, they got, they got dudes. And here's the thing though, right? Like, Thankfully for them, they've been able to force a ton of turnovers. Because if not, the defense would have been much worse. They've been able to, you know, win games because they've been able to force turnovers in big moments. They've got interceptions, they force fumbles. But from an overall, just a fundamental standpoint, they get pushed around, they can't tackle, they struggle in coverage at times. So, yeah, it's rough. Here's my biggest concern, though, real quick. My biggest concern with USC is that despite all their success this year, right, despite having a coach that kids like like to play for, right, 
players coach. They're recruiting this year. They're ranked 13th nationally in recruiting. That is very, very surprising to me. Well, here's here's what I will counter that with. Um, I don't know the in and outs of what's making up their class, but I will contend that Lincoln Riley is is for right or wrong, and I would argue wrong. I think Lincoln Riley has an eye on the transfer portal. And so I think he's recruiting to the extent that he feels like he needs to. But mm-hmm. when that, but the minute that portal is open and those, which I think, I guess technically it's open now, but the minute dudes are starting to drop for that portal, I think you will see a very aggressive USC in the transfer portal. The problem is I think he'll, I think he'll be able to get the offensive guys. I still don't know that he's going to get the defensive guys. I Maybe they'll want to play for him, but I just don't imagine they want to play for Grinch. And I just think that anybody that's recruiting anything defensively, I mean, hell, even Texas had a better defensive season. You know, you oh, he's had a, ranked top 30 in defense. That's my, yeah. that's my point. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's um, And I, I, so I didn't mean that to be detrimental. I mean that seriously. Like no. Texas mm-hmm. has a better story to tell about what they do on the defensive side of the ball than USC does. Brent Venables, as a coach, has a better story to tell, maybe not this season. And so I just think there's a lot of things that are going against him. But that's my that's my my guess as to his philosophy is a focus on the transfer portal. And I hear portal. you that. I hear you with that transfer portal thing because I think Texas is going to go heavy into the portal. But still, they're sitting at number four well, in the recruiting And they're still going into the – And we're, I mean, it just depends on what you use. I mean, this is on Rivals.com. That's what I generally use for recruiting stuff. They're, OU's ranked number 10 right now. And well, I expect I, you guys to go heavy into the portal. This is just on Rivals.com. Are we hired on 24-7? You know, let me check real quick. We're, we're, I think I thought we were hired, but it doesn't matter. Here's the deal. The thing is, if we can get Peyton Bowen, man, we'll shoot up that. And you guys can get David Hicks, too. I think it's a real possibility. So if you're USC, why aren't you getting those guys right now? Like, wait, That's my biggest question. Because well, usually get, with coaches, you get Kevin, that first year. Kevin, he, didn't get, he didn't get them at OU. He did not get them at OU. True, but this is USC. Oh, okay. There's guys on the West Coast. I'm just saying, right? Like those guys should be calling you. Look at Oklahoma. it's just different on the West Coast. I know, I, know at, I understand that. Look at Oklahoma. Really understand Brent that. Venables in Brent Venables' first year. In Brent Venables' first year, we're a top ten class by any by any rankings. We've got the number one arguably rated quarterback between you and between you and us. Yeah, Texas and Oklahoma. Texas. It's one and one A, right? And I don't even know whose it is. Mm-hmm. Ours did win a state championship, by the way, right? Did they win it? Was that their state championship? Game? No, um, no, it wasn't the state championship, but they likely will win it. They're, they've got a great team. Yeah, they're loaded. Um, but my point being is, I mean, Oklahoma hasn't missed a beat recruiting. They haven't missed a step recruiting. There's been no fall off. And any, if anything, when you look at the trenches – you feel much more encouraged. USC, Especially on defense. I'm telling you what, dude. I don't – I just don't think they're going to – I think you're going to see Oklahoma. I think the Pac-12 is not very good. And you can beat teams like Arizona and Arizona State and Stanford and Cal and uh, – well, I don't know about Colorado. How about Deion Sanders? Does that yeah, get you fired up? Oh, yeah, I love it. I love dude, it, man. I, dude, I freaking love it. I, I, I'm – yeah, I think it's great. I wish he was in the Big 12 at least for the next year or two that we're in. All right, before we beat USC to a dead to a dead horse, since this is not the USC podcast, this is the Boomer Bebo podcast, I want to transition to the Big 12, but I want to the Big 12 championship game. But I want to ask you, because I think you brought up a really good point uh that that Caleb Williams kind of responded to 
uh, during and following the Big 12 championship game, Max Duggan put TCU on his shoulders in the fourth quarter and did everything he could to win the game, gets them to overtime, only to have his coach inexplicably take the ball out of his hands on the last two plays of their possession. They go down to K-State 31-28. It was a fantastic game, really. Um, Max Duggan comes out of the game looking like everything that is right with college football. He's um, lauded for his putting it all on the line, for being hurt, you know, being exhausted, getting pounded, everything that comes out of it, and lost the game. Caleb Williams, the complete opposite reaction from, I don't know, 80% of the college football world. What do you what do you make of that? What do you make of in a bubble, two very similar situations occurring, and one person is like, My goodness, this is what college football is right. And Caleb Williams, my goodness, what a baby. Like Yeah, you know, and I, I they they're both very similar situations, right? I thought Caleb put it all out there. He was clearly not a hundred percent physically, right? Right. They got smacked, he was crying after the game, right? Everybody's clowning him for crying. Max Duggan puts it all out there. He's hurt. Did Max Duggan it cover himself with a towel, though? Did Max Duggan cover himself with a towel and, like, not go shake anybody's hands or anything like that? I, maybe he did. I don't know. I, You know, I don't know. I, I honestly didn't see. I just And I saw the press conference. He was crying at the press conference. Okay? And everybody loves him for it. You know, but Caleb Williams yeah. gets clowned. And maybe this has to do with the whole, you know, painted fingernail thing, what he put on his nails. And I get that, but I think he was, he thought it was funny that, you know, everybody's loving Max Duggan for crying, but everybody's clowning him for crying. So it was just an interesting Uh, thing. I don't understand what Dykes was doing. I thought Dykes has been a great coach all year. He's obviously got him in the college football playoff, but I don't know. I don't know how you take the ball out of that kid's hands on third and fourth down. Just run it. First of all, I don't know why you just don't run a sneak, but you're inside the one yard line. You're inside the one yard line, and you can push the players now. So just like line up and mm-hmm. run it in. Like, so I didn't understand yeah. that. Um, does Max Duggan have any shot at the Heisman? I mean, yes, but I don't think he should win it's, the Heisman. It's Caleb Williams, right? I think so. His stats I think so. Are so He's been really good all year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, Duggan's stats aren't bad, right? Like, what is yesterday? It was eighteen to thirty-six. 251 yards. Wasn't great yesterday. Wasn't he great. wasn't great. No, no. I mean, great. he just willed them back, but he willed them back. I mean, look, they were down, what, 10 points in the fourth quarter, 11 points in the fourth quarter. So look, they get if, the. If he won the game, I think we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah. If they, if they won the game, I think you could have made a better case. It it sucks that the Heisman came down to. And, and who knows? Maybe Caleb Williams is so far ahead that it doesn't matter. But I think you could again, at least. A lot of times this thing comes down to the last week of the season, right? Kyler Murray won it after he beat Texas in the conference championship game. Yes. Right? Like, he wasn't really being looked at as a guy, but he was so good that game, he ended up getting it. All right, so if you want to compare stats, right? And it's not always about stats. We know that. But Max Duggan uh, for the season, what is he? 3,321 yards. 30 touchdowns and four interceptions. Pretty good. Pretty good. Caleb Williams, 4,075 yards, 37 touchdowns and four interceptions. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's had a pretty special season, man. 
And again, we talked about that how bad their defense is, right? So they've needed him to to be that guy, and he has been. So everybody knows it's going to be him. If you want to beat them, you got to stop him. And no one's really been able to do it except Utah. And even even yesterday or Friday night, um, it was twenty eight of forty one, three hundred and sixty three yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That interception they had he had in the red zone. Which was a big one, by the way, because they were still in that game um, um, when he threw that one. So I, I think Caleb Williams wins it. I don't. I th- I don't know that everybody's thrilled. I think they see it as a as a grudging. It's like a grudging respect of his, you know, of his ability. Someone's got to win it. We got to give it to somebody. Someone's got to win it, and his stats are yeah. really good, and he's definitely the flashiest. And ESPN's thrilled that we have the LA market again, but at the same time. I don't know. Um, the SEC. You know who I think the best player is in college football. So I mean, I'm incredibly biased, but and he's not even going to get an invite. No, not he won't even get in New York. He's not even getting mm-hmm. an invite. Uh, SEC. Georgia rolls LSU. Big Ten. Michigan. The second half team that they are put it on Purdue, especially in the second half. Clemson uh, beat down North Carolina, and then. The often um, derided on the Boomer Bebo podcast, Tulane Green, uh, Tulane Green Wave, Green Wave, not the Hurricane. Do the Tulane Green Wave beats UCF to earn a New Year's Six Bowl against USC? Let's go Green Wave! Like let's just let's just beat them down. <laughs> Let, let's just beat them down. Um, I don't. First of all, I don't know if they if they can play defense, they can beat them down. That's the only thing I'll say is because USC can't play defense. Um. Let's Not let's switch over. Let's switch over to the college football playoff. Um, when USC lost, it pretty much guaranteed to me that any of the top three could have lost and still made it, which was evidenced by TCU getting in. You have Michigan versus TCU in the Fiesta Bowl on December 31st, followed by Georgia versus Ohio State in the Peach Bowl. I gotta tell you, man, I like this. I like this. I like that Bama's not in. I like that Clemson's not in. And I bet there's a lot of fans that like that OU's not in. But this is the first ever college football playoff that did that does not include Bama or Clemson or both. Yeah, talk about two incredibly consistent programs. To do what they've done at that level for so long, it's crazy, man. We haven't really seen it before in the modern era of college football. And I don't know when we'll see it again besides Georgia. And it's, Georgia, and like and it's hard to say it's hard to say they had down years because they both only had two losses. Uh, yeah. Bama loses to uh, Tennessee and uh, LSU. LSU. Uh, Clemson lost to, uh, correct me, who they lose to. They lost to South Carolina and, and Notre Dame. Um, yeah. And Notre Dame. And if they'd have beat South Carolina, it could be a different story. They could have slid in, especially they with, probably the wouldn't have with-, with the conference championship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's um, how close our argument. It's Over not Ohio like, State. yeah, it's not like they were Oklahoma six and six. They did a pretty good job. Uh, early thoughts. Uh, does TCU have a chance to beat Michigan? You know, there's always a chance, right? There's always a chance, but man, Michigan is tough. They lost, they really lost their top running back, though. Yeah, and Don, but Donovan Edwards is no slouch, though. Well, you look good. Number seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah he's no slouch, man. Um, and. Here's the thing: If you shut down, if you can shut down their running game, Michigan, I don't know if I trust JJ McCarthy yet to beat you throwing the football. He was able to hit some big plays against Ohio State, 
right? But if you just completely take away their run, I, I don't know yet if I really trust him to have to win the game. If I trust um, him. And if you can make plays against that defense, because that defense is tough. Would would you say that TCU took the run game away from Texas or they took it away from themselves? Well, both. They slowed it down, but I don't think Texas stuck up with it enough or tried enough creative things to get the running game going. It was like once they slowed it down, I mean, 12 carries for B. John Robinson in a game I, that was uh, it was a one it was a one score game for the majority of it. So I'm, I'm more just, frustrated with Sark for just quitting on it. But from when what Texas did try to do, they stopped it. They shut it down. I guess my point is is that's that's a very similar, um, I think, offensive makeup, right? Is to is mm-hmm. Texas to Michigan. It's a heavy run, although it should be heavy run. You know, Sark falls in love with the pass too often, as we know, but uh should be heavy run. Should be and T and TCU didn't falter in that. They were not they, at all. They stood toe-to-toe with Texas, who's I think is probably as probably as physical as Michigan. Michigan might be a little more physical. They they've recruited. Yeah, they've already. they've got a better um offensive line. Texas has some some good players and like their offensive line was the best this year that it's been right. in probably a decade, right? But Michigan's offensive line is really good, man. It, it's um it's better than Texas is. Does Georgia roll against Ohio State? You know, I'm interested to see, right? Because I think Georgia can be suspect in the passing game. I think you can hit some plays against them. And C.J. Stroud's no slouch. Correct. Really and those receivers, and Georgia has some really talented DBs. I like Keely Ringo a lot, their cornerback. But, man, I think you can make plays against them. I just don't know if you can make enough. And I'm curious to see how Ohio State's defense looks against Georgia's offense. Again, I don't love their offense. I still, you know, I'm not crazy about Stetson Bennett, even though he's been incredibly 50. successful. They put up 50 yeah, they did. They did. They, they did. And But we'll see, man. Ohio State's defense has been really good at times, but in that Michigan game, man, they got lit up. They got lit up. So we'll see. Those I, like, I do like Ohio State's receivers a lot, though. I like the matchups. Um, I don't want to see Georgia tent Michigan because I think we've seen that, right? We saw that last year. So I kind of yeah. hope something different happens like TCU. I, first of all, I'm rooting for TCU. Let's just let's put that out there. I am rooting for TCU. I might go buy a TCU hat. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Anything could happen. But I don't want to see Georgia-Michigan. So we need some combination to happen, either either Michigan-Ohio State part two or, TCU, or TCU-Georgia, um, you, you know, or TCU. Because I just don't want to see Georgia-Michigan. I, I think Georgia rolls. Well, the early line, right? Michigan is favored by nine and a half points over TCU. And Georgia is favored six and a half over the Ohio State Buckeyes. No respect for TCU. I don't know, man. I kind of, no. I think TCU, I mean, their receiver, well, what's the big guy's name? Johnson. He's going to be fine. They've got the running backs. Duggan's proved this year that he's, that he's a player. I, I don't know. I'm not counting TCU out. Uh, maybe maybe that's my hard talking. But Also, real quick, just a, a matchup to watch. Uh, Quentin Johnston, I think he's one of the best receivers in college football. Michigan has a corner. He's a true freshman named Will Johnson. He's a five-star out of Detroit. He's six foot two. And he is incredible. He almost reminds me of um, who's a kid from LSU who was a freshman. Um, 
Uh, He's a rookie with the Texans. No, just a few years ago. Um, Stingley, Derek Stingley. Remember, Derek Stingley was like the best corner in college football as a true freshman. He's got that that kind of talent. Okay. So that's an intriguing matchup to watch in the bowl game. Quentin Johnson and and Will Johnson. I love it. In the other New Year's Six Bowls, I think you're going to have a orange on – well, you will have an – in the Orange Bowl, you will have an orange-on-orange matchup. I'm sure I'm not the first person in the world of podcasts to mention that today. The Orange Bowl. All Orange Bowl. Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. I am going for Tennessee. I will take uh, Dreamsicle over Clemson Orange every day of the week. In the Sugar Bowl – Bama gets to play against Kansas State. For Bama, we'll see if they can be motivated at all to want to play in this game. Um, they don't typically have a lot of defects, but they've always been in the college football playoff, it seems like. So this yeah. would be an interesting test I don't for Bama. Hear, I don't want to hear that excuse, though. You know how that is, well, man. That'll be safe you guys have to hear it. You guys have to hear it, right, when you guys beat them with Trevor Knight. Oh, well, you only beat them because – they were disappointed that they didn't get into the national championship game. When Texas beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, we heard the same thing. They weren't interested. So. Well, first of all, you, you know why that you know why Oklahoma beat Alabama in 2013. It's very why simple. Did Oklahoma, why it's very that? simple. Uh, I was watching the Tennessee Titans today play against the Eagles, and Derrick Henry plays on that team, and Derrick Henry was a true freshman for Alabama. And I remember thinking, if they just keep giving him the ball, we're dead. And they stopped. We had that they, long run. They had the long run. They stopped giving him the ball. They stopped giving him the ball, and we happened to beat him. If they had just given, if they had just given Derrick Henry the ball, I think that you know we wouldn't have had a chance. That guy was so. He had that long run. I'm like, this, this dude looks like Adrian Peterson out here. He's just oh. a bigger Adrian Peterson. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, talked- they trusted AJ McCarron again. It was like Sark, right? They trusted AJ McCarron over Derrick Henry. Um, we already talked about the Cotton Bowl and then the Rose Bowl. Utah versus Penn State. I want to be on record as saying, if you don't like the Rose Bowl, you suck. Because the Rose Bowl, to me, is just – it's what it's about. I, I just, it's the epitome of college football. Oh, yeah. my God. The pageantry, yeah. right? The field is perfect. The, the sky is perfect. The bowl looks just amazing. And yeah. then you get these you get these hard teams. At Utah and Penn State, I you know, whatever. I don't know how good they are, you know. They're both top 10, 11 teams. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is they will take each other's heads off. They're tough-minded. You always get these kind of tough-minded teams. Uh, Listen, I love the Rose Bowl. I'm excited to get that. All right. Since this is uh, the Boomer Bevo podcast, and we're supposed to talk about OU and Texas, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen on December 29th. Oklahoma has made it into the Cheez-It Bowl, and I don't know if – that's an indication of how far we've fallen or not, but it feels like it, just saying it out loud. The Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando against Florida State. Florida State is 9-3, and three, ranked number 13th. Here's the only stat I have at this point. This is not a full preview episode by any means. Um, offensively, these teams are very similar points per game, yards, passing yards, rushing yards, very similar. You, it's not, kind of hard to tell the difference. Defensively, Florida State gives up 307 yards a game, okay? Oklahoma, conversely, gives up 450 yards a game. That's a 50% worse performance, worse performing defense than Florida State. It's insane. So this matchup scares the crap out of me. It's also in Florida. We've also already lost 
Eric Gray, Wanya Morris, Anton Harris, Theo Wees, um, and some others, Nick Evers, whatever. And so I, I hope that we start hearing about all the people that are dropping from Florida State. But that program is clearly in an ascendant path. So I'm not sure that you're going to see those dropouts. I'm not sure you're going to see those opt-outs. So it makes me nervous to go to Florida. Um, we'll see what Levy can scheme up, but I'm more worried about the defensive side of the ball. Tech, who does Texas play four hours later? All right. Well, Texas will be playing in San Antonio, Alamo Bowl, against the Washington Huskies, who have quietly put together a pretty impressive season. 10 and 2. Pretty, yeah. 10 and 2. So it should be a, a fun game. Uh, their quarterback, the transfer from Indiana, Michael Penix Jr., and all of a sudden, this guy comes out and he's leading the nation in passing yards, I believe. So it should be a fun matchup. You talked about the guys from uh, OU who will likely be sitting out the bowl game. I expect the same uh, for Texas. I would be very surprised if we see B. John Robinson. I will be slightly surprised if we see Roshan Johnson playing too. Okay. You know, so, um, you know, we're just going to have some young guys in there and we'll see if they're motivated to show, hey, look, you know, we're going to lose those guys, but don't worry, you got me. So we'll, we'll um, see how it goes. This is a good matchup. Washington's a really good team. Like I said, they quietly had a good year. Their offense has um, been very explosive. 521 yards a game on offense, and they're giving up 368 a game. So um, pretty decent balance there offensively and defensively. So it'll be a tough matchup. It's interesting that we got that y'all got the 12th ranked opponent and we got the 13th ranked opponent. I mean, I think it's yeah. going to be it's a real litmus test, I think, for both schools. I mean, these are – uh, I wanted the guaranteed rate bowl because I'm I'm going to be in Phoenix that week, so I really wanted to be able to go to um, Chase Field and watch uh, OU play whoever, and it was going to be somebody like Maryland or even Wisconsin. Yeah, just you know, Weird and, thing though, man, that that shows just the power of the OU brand, right? Because they're I a higher rank, and they 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 um, they went down in the rankings, right, to get OU, but it's OU. So they well, know you're going to bring fans. Fans are going to show up. So and, and the Florida State, the Florida State Oklahoma matchup is just a better matchup. It is. I mean, you know what? Mm-hmm. It, 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 if nothing else, on paper, it just sounds fantastic. Yeah, um, they could have taken Texas Tech. Well, I think they could have right? taken Oklahoma State too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's it's a that's a no brainer, man. Come on. Do you have a chance to bring Tech or Oklahoma State or OU? It's OU all day. It's same with the Alamo Bowl. Right, they could they could have taken Texas Tech to the Alamo Bowl. They could have picked, you know, but it's easy. I was kind of hoping that Texas would end up in the Cheez It Bowl just because it'd be a better road trip for the team to be able to go to Orlando instead of just an hour south to. Well, I, I I I think the Texas a Florida State Texas matchup would have been more intriguing. Just yeah. between, I mean, I just think that uh, Texas is, but without Bijan, who knows. That's that's a big – and Roshan Johnson. I mean, that's a big – you lose those two and, I mean, golly, what percentage of production is that for you guys? It's got to be close to 40%. A lot. Yeah, and again, nothing has been official, but, I mean, if you're them, would, would you play? Would you expect them to play in this game? I mean, as a fan, of course, I'd love to see Bijan in the Texas uniform one more time, but I already accepted the fact that when he walked off the field against Baylor, that, that was the last time I'd be seeing him in a, in a Texas uniform, so – yeah, um, I'm at peace with it, man. 
I'm hoping the number of opt-outs um, have kind of capped up. I, I like, you know, that initial, I, I don't know who else would necessarily leave. I mean, I guess, I guess it's the transfer portal that you got to worry about more so than Correct. draft at this point. Yeah. And again, look, both you talked about a couple guys that OU has lost, right? Theo Weiss and, and, and um, Nick Evers. But again, to me, the transfer portal really starts to be a big deal when you start losing starters and key players. Right. Right. Like, I mean, Theo Weiss, he had a great game against Texas Tech, but that was the best game of his entire career. Right. Yeah. I mean, so again, you don't want to see him go, but you you understand it, right? He's going to be a senior. He wants to maybe go into offense. He might feel he fits better in and be a clear starter. And with Nick Everest, maybe he feels he didn't get a fair shot. But it'll be more concerning when you start losing guys, like if Marvin Mims decides to hit the portal or something like that. That would be a sign for concern. Same with Texas, right? They lost some guys. Okay. Now, if Xavier Worthy hits the portal, that's a big deal. So I'm crazy? not stressed about it. Mims didn't say he's going to the pros yet, did he? Am I going crazy? I've heard nothing. I haven't heard anything from Marvin Mims. I'm not saying he hasn't said it, but if he has, I ha- I certainly haven't heard it. Okay. Oh, and this is a, kind of, as of uh, you know Sunday at seven thirty p.m. I'm real. I just kind of had like some heart. I just had some heart palpitations. Like, did I miss something? He might. The problem is he could go pro. I don't know. I, he, I, yeah, I, he could. I just I don't know that this was the best year to go pro on. You know, and there's some good receivers going to be coming out. So they, they are, and, and he he had some interesting comments after the last game. Um, did you see? Did you see that? You know, express. Uh, News no. conference, just kind of saying how difficult it was, just changing oh. the, the change in culture and yes, stuff. I, and I get that. You usually don't hear players say that, and I don't think he was really complaining. I think he's just explaining how it can be a struggle for for the new guys to just, you know, you're used to doing everything one way for three years, and then everything is, is changed. So that can be an adjustment for for the players. So I just thought it was interesting to hear well, him say that. I mean, look, Oklahoma fan can um, – What's the right word? Sugarcoat the change between Riley and Venables all day long in terms of what we think has gone on behind closed doors. None of us really know. But I can't imagine, as an example, I can't imagine Brent Venables, regardless of how good his quarterback is, would allow him to put that on his fingernails going into a conference championship game. And I think... That alone encapsulates the program that Lincoln Riley will run and the program that Brent Venables will run. Now, will Brent Venables translate into wins? It, 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 you know, wins to be seen. We We all think we don't know. I think we all think it will. I think that um, we think Oklahoma is a still Oklahoma. We b we think Brent Venables is. um, He's obviously he's recruiting well. And, you know, Levy's offense has shown potential. And, you know, so there's a lot of things to look at in a positive manner, but we don't know. But just in terms of what a coach will allow a player to get away with, which I think is even more an issue now than it's ever been because of NIL and the dynamics of a paid player versus um, unpaid players on the roster. And, you know, there's just a lot going on. I just don't think Brent Venables would allow that sort of behavior to exist. And I think it speaks to the change in culture that Marvin Mims was referring to, you know, that yeah. it, it's wasn't just, the same. it wasn't the same. Yeah. It wasn't the same. Yeah, it's different. 
So it's different. Yeah. And again, you may, may not be better or worse, but just different. Just different. So um so the Heisman will be out. We think Caleb Williams will win. Yuck. Uh Bijan wins the Dope Walker. I certainly hope so. But you never it know with be- these awards, man. Sometimes <laughs> you know I mean Blake Coram from Michigan had a he had a great season also, man. Again, I think Bijan is a superior player. I think he's a superior talent. But you just never know, man. Look, they're in the college football playoff, and Texas is 8-4 and four planning in the Alamo Bowl. So, so, and those things tend, for some reason, those things matter now when it comes to who wins awards. Although, uh, Deontay Foreman did win the Doak Walker Award on a team that went 5-7. and seven. Yeah. Um, you know, but he did rush for two thousand yards too. So real quick, they, they probably thought they had to. Before I uh, before we close this up and I go watch the Cowboys play. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Deion Sanders. We we mentioned this earlier, taking the job at Colorado. Um, does he make an instant impact at Colorado? You know, it depends on what this transfer portal looks like. You know, he's got to get players in there. Because, you know, he can get, he got some guys at Jackson State, even his first year. But, you know, he, he got a son there who's a really talented quarterback. I imagine he'll be going with him. I imagine he'll be taking Travis Hunter with him, who was the number one player uh, in the country last year, who pulled the biggest shocker in the history of recruiting and going to Jackson State. Um, Maybe he brings him with him, but he's got to get players, they, you know. Listen, first of all, I love Dion. You and I, you and I both grew up watching Dion Sanders play for the um, 49ers and then the Cowboys. Um, Falcons before that, of course. Falcons before that, uh, Florida State. He's a Florida State guy, right? I'm Florida State. Those, yeah. I'm not getting that mixed no, up. Right? Spot on. Um, Florida State and uh and and held the Atlanta Braves on top of all that. So I mean, we're we're Dion guys. I I I root for Dion. I I like him. We've all I, I just don't know once you get to this level, right, which is now power five. And again, I'm, I'm not making this. I, I, I'm literally saying I don't know. But my question is going to be, okay, every school can give you an NIL deal, right? Every right. school, every school um, can, it has some kind of famous attachment to it. You know, Dion makes this a little special, but does, does a top defensive lineman decide I'm going to, Colorado because prime time's there. Like I just don't know. I don't yeah, know if he if he, he moves the lineman. I don't he know. Move, does he move the needle that much? You know, he did get Travis Hunter, like I said, and again, but he's a wide receiver on a corner. So Dion has that. Hey, look, I play both. You'll play both here. He pulled him. He also got a pretty high four star kid um, out of St. Louis, who was recruited by Texas and um, Ohio State to go there too last year. I can't remember the kid's name, but um. We'll see, man. We'll see. I, I'm fascinated to watch it. Um, yeah. All right. There's no conference, though. You know, I mean, the Pac-12, it's up and down. He's got to get players. That's the thing about Colorado, man. Once they left the Big 12, you know. They lost their, well, they lost, they their, lost their connection to Texas. Yeah. yeah. And they, they just don't hit in California like they used to back in the 90s. No. No, they don't. And and now USC is ascended. UCLA is better. Utah Oregon. is better. Oregon's better. Washington ten and two, so you, you, it's you. You've got no, really. Are you surprised he took the job? Do you think he could have uh, held off for a better job than Colorado? 
because I, I thought he could have because I heard him lined up with the Auburn job. I'm like, I don't think he should take that. I think he can do something a little oh, bit better than Auburn. That's right. Hugh Freeze got it. What a douche. Can't stand that guy. Yeah, um, me neither. Um, but he can win football games. So, hey, bring him in no matter what he's done. Did we talk about this already about him not being allowed to be on Twitter? Hugh Freeze? No, we did not. I oh, didn't, yeah. What, yeah, Lane, Lane Kiffin's already trolled him over it. He is not allowed to respond on Twitter. That's he's for his to, contract. For his contract. Because they don't oh, trust wow. what he's going to say. Is that insane? Good, man. You're willing to pay a guy $6 million a year to call plays, but you're not a lot, You're not trusting him enough to respond on Twitter. I, it's yeah. it's mind-boggling. And uh, it just speaks to the fact that he's he's a terrible dude. Like, um, And for all y'all that don't know, I think I've said this before, this story before, but it just – you know, Disney went a long way in making you want to believe that uh, Michael Orr on the blind side wasn't uh, illegally recruited to Ole Miss. I think now we can look back and go, Hugh Freeze was his high school coach. Hugh Freeze ended up being the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze – And Ed Ogeron was the head coach. Come and on. Ed Ogeron was the head coach. He, Michael Orr was absolutely illegally induced to go to Ole Miss. And it's like – it's just a – it's a farce now looking back on it that that feel-good movie had us all, you know – up, but you know, yeah. oh my gosh! I mean, they, no, it was sketchy all the way around. I think Sandra. Think Ford about this, man. Yeah, it's a great movie though. It was a fun movie oh, to watch. Good movie. Here's the thing though: any once Ole Miss had that class where they signed Robert Kimdichie, you knew Laquan it. Treadwell, you knew it. No, Come knew on, it. man. Yeah, there's just no way Laquan Treadwell from Illinois coming to play at Ole Miss. I mean, yeah. Robert Kimdichie, and they had another one. I can't remember who the other guy was. Oh, um, Laramie Tunsil, the oh, offensive okay. lineman. The one who has the gas mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> blowing out. Yeah. Him. Three five stars in one class to Ole Miss. Um, I don't try to tread on religion very much uh, on a on a podcast, and we're late in the show, so maybe I get away without it without too many people listening. Uh, but it's just the hypocrisy of it all, right? The fact that he, you know, he just he touts being high and mighty, and he's a Christian, yeah. and then he and then he goes to Liberty and and tries to get the car wash effect of going to a private Christian school. It just it it just reeks, man. I just yeah. can't stand I mean, it. I mean, ca- calling multiple escort services on his yes. state issued phone. I just it's, it's a just, phone. I mean, you don't even care at that point. You using no. the phone that the university issued you that it's, they can. <laughs> It's disgusting. The dude should have never got another job. It's whatever. Go to Auburn. I don't care. Anyway, back to what we're talking about. I hope Prime does great. Uh, Kevin, here's the plan. We're going to do – we'll do a preview show uh, for each of the ball games, uh, probably maybe a week out. um, Put it out before Christmas so everybody can digest it. And if anything comes big on recruiting, we need to make sure we put a show up for recruiting. So we'll put a show up for recruiting. If anything hits – um, especially if maybe David Hicks, Peyton Bowen hit, I don't know. Uh, or if there's any big flips or anything, we'll make sure and have a, 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 a recruit, a recruiting recap show might have a recruiting recap show. Anyway, that might be fun. Yeah. I think we should we'll, do one at least by signing then, day. Then we'll get a pregame. We'll get some reactions and then we'll talk about college football playoffs. So we still have a pretty busy December, but I'm fired up. It's college football. Uh, it's almost over, but we got one last month to kind of squeeze out as much as we can out of it. So I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy it while it lasts, man, because we know once you get into the spring and then, and, and, oh, man, you, you miss it. So just enjoy it while it lasts. Dude, I miss it already. Um, hey, man, have a great week. Boomer. Same to you. Welcome.